Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Thursday, November 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Yesterday, you heard the Chiefs talk about the Chiefs. Well, today we bring in our columnist and beat writers to deliver the unfiltered version of this week's events. And there have been plenty for Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger to discuss from acquiring Melvin Ingram to trading Laurent Duvernay-Tardif and not facing Aaron Rodgers this week when the Packers visit. We had a lot to get through. The show started as a Sports Beat Live and now is presented in podcast form. Let's get going. Good morning from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, our weekly conversation about the Chiefs with the folks in the media who know them best. Of course, I'm talking about Herbie Teope, Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam McDowell. And this show runs on your questions and comments. Bring them. Let's talk about what you want to talk about. I hope everybody had a good Halloween, um, especially the Sams who are um, with, the, with the young ones in the house. And I hope Herbie got his fill of candy corn this year. You know, we didn't, we didn't go there, Herbie, pre-Halloween, but I just wanted to let everybody know and remind them their favorite Halloween candy is the most uh, despicable, uh, maybe stuff that any human being could ever consume. Candy corn. Candy corn. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hey, they have candy corn flavored Oreos. I just found that out in the last two weeks. And my goodness, I can't wait to get my hands on some. Oh, there's not a better four second summation of Herbie Tiope (laughs) and and his time at the star than that that video right there. That is. And and I have to say what I love is the uh, uniformity of the reaction even though it all comes in a little bit, everybody's got a little different look, a little different form. It was not staged. It was not choreographed. It was pure. It was pretty natural. From the heart. Beth <laughs> just has that weighty. We didn't even, she didn't even know we were going to bring up this conversation. Just immediately, she, she's got it ready. So she shows all of her friends, clearly. She's, she's got this video <laughs> of this body easily accessible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So, hey, look, a newsy week for the Chiefs and starting with Monday night football victory over the New York Giants. And uh, we've got a lot to get to, but let's start with a little bit of news this morning, Herbie. Uh, Nick Bolton made some news. Yeah, Nick Bolton, uh, the tackling machine out of Missouri. Uh, the NFL named him the, the, the defensive rookie of the month. 43 tackles, including seven uh for a loss. And the guy has been what the Chiefs have wanted in that defense. Somebody who's going to be around the football and knows around the football. He closed out the month of October in a flurry, 15 tackles against the Titans, 11 against the Giants. He leads the Chiefs defense right now by a wide margin, 66 tackles. Second on the team right now is Legeria Sneed with 40. Uh, so Bolton has been the guy that, you know, they thought they were getting when they used a second round pick on him. Tell you, there was a time earlier this year when I thought he was kind of a step slow and and still wasn't uh, getting it done in pass coverage. But um, just no no arguing arguing right now with the, with the play that they're getting from the Missouri rookie. Yeah, absolutely. This stands out about him. I mean, he he uh, he leaps the team in tackles because he makes the tackle when he has an opportunity, and he and he and he gets there. I mean, I. 
I'm sure the pass coverage is still a question and and maybe even an issue somewhere between that for him. And, uh, but it is fun to watch him tackle. And I haven't said that about a lot of, a lot of chiefs uh, in recent times. You, You know how good he is right now? When the Packers had their press conference yesterday, Aaron Jones didn't even mention him. He mentioned Daniel Sorensen. So that tells you that the Packers are well aware of who the playmakers are on that Chiefs defense. I would add just real quick, I think that Bolton and Willie Gay is a good partnership. So I think that Gay can sort of do some of the things that, that Bolton's not as good at. So I think that, that they you know, complement each other pretty well. Uh, before we continue, Richard uh, checks in from Austria. He's lived there all his life, originally from Iowa, now in Austria. Mom once told me she'd like to have candy corn again. Um, I got some from a specialty store in Vienna and brought them to her. She tried them and realized she actually didn't like them and must have been nostalgic about it. <laughs> you got to add hot sauce to it. Okay, Tabasco sauce fits everything. <laughs> You just admitted it needs a fix. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Richard, for that memory. Um, hot sauce. Okay. Let's stick with the defense uh, in, the, in the news this week. Melvin Ingram becomes a Kansas City Chief. Uh, he acquired in a trade with the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Chiefs gave up a six-round draft pick. That happened on Tuesday. And pretty interesting. This is a, a player that the Chiefs have had their eye on since the preseason. Was, we're hoping to sign him as a free agent. He ended up signing with the Steelers, but he, he does end up in the Chiefs uniform. And I, whether he, I don't know if he plays against the Packers on Sunday or not. What's, what's the latest on that, Herbie? Yeah, when Andy Reid talked to us uh, Wednesday, he basically just said, you know, the standard we'll see. Uh, he arrived Wednesday, got was immediately involved with meetings, did the walkthrough. Uh, but, you know, it's going to depend on how much he's able to absorb. You know, I, I can probably see him being active and seeing some kind of rotational role uh, as, as they get his feet wet in the scheme. But he's a guy that they are going to want to get into, the, you know, on the field once he's absolutely comfortable with the defensive scheme and what his assignments are. So what does he bring, Sam Mack, and how how might he be used in the rotation? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the, the their biggest weakness this year is their pass rush. The, it arrived for the first time, really, against the Giants late in that game um, with Chris Jones back on the inside. I mean, Chris Jones had probably his most effective game since the opener, and it's because he was playing the three-tech again. Melvin Ingram's presence allows Chris Jones to play a lot more of the three-tech. Um, you know, Frank Clark I, I actually played his best game, and I would say two years on Monday night when you go back and watch his tape. So, you know, if they could pair those two together and get a rotation with Mike Dana, maybe they can solve, like I said, what I think is the biggest issue. The question is how much does, does Melvin Ingram have left? He's only got one sack this year. He's battled three injuries over the past two years. Um, including he, he didn't play last week because because of a, a minor groin issue with with the Steelers, but uh, Pro Football Focus put out the stat his his pressure rate is at twelve point nine percent this year. He has eight quarter eighteen quarterback pressures. His career is twelve point eight, so he's right in line with his career numbers, and that shows you he does have something left. Um, and, and the attribute that the Chiefs need the most. The other thing about Melvin Ingram is he's not just, you know, a one-trick pony that rushes the passer. He historically has been pretty good against the run as well, a good edge setter, an all-around player. But, but of course, I mean, you know, 
just back to the top of this, you know, he, he's 32 years old. So um, one other thing, though, about what Herbie just mentioned, Andy Reid didn't say what whether or not what they expect from Melvin Ingram this week. Um, Tyron Matthew actually said he expects him to be up to speed next week. And I don't know whether he's given something away there and, or um, whether he's just, you know, talking from a player's perspective about what the reasonable expectations are. Well, I tell you, it seems like when players come to the Chiefs, it always takes them a while to get, to get up and going. It's not necessarily true with other teams when players go to other teams. They're, you know, Zach Ertz goes to the Cardinals and, and catches a touchdown pass and is, you know, after being in, the, in a Cardinals uniform for the first time and, you know, in practice for three days. So just seems to take a while for new Chiefs to get, to get acclimated. Uh, you're right, Sam, 32 years old, out of South Carolina. Uh, first year in the league was 2012. And, man, he had some good games against the Chiefs over the years in San Diego and with the L.A. Chargers. This guy was, uh, you know, always seems to always have been in the backfield with um, uh, when they played against Kansas City. So what, what do we think? Is it uh, – Melly, is this, is this a good, uh, good deal for the Chiefs? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I like the trade a lot, actually. I mean, the, the sixth-round pick, I understand, like, that they've got a guy who's – they're starting guard right now and, and playing really well, who was taken in the sixth round. So that pick's not nothing, but um, I, you know, that's not a lot to give up for something that they really need. I mean, I just think that's a good fit. You know, what, what Sam and, and Herbie have talked about of, of, you know, him on one side, uh, Frank on the other and Chris Jones up the middle. It just, uh, it makes a lot of sense. I think they're investing in this defense. I think they, the chiefs front off. I mean, I think the front office and the coaches are buying into They've been a little bit better the last three weeks. The first half in Tennessee, um, notwithstanding, but the defense has played pretty well um, the last three weeks. So I think they're they're buying into that and and they're investing. I think it's a good trade. You know, one of the things I like the most about it is they they had a chance to get Melvin Ingram in the spring and March. I think it was was his workout, and so they obviously could have had him without the six round pick, but they didn't allow one mistake to compound and, and force another mistake by not going after him. Um, you know, obviously when you have a chance to sign a guy and for whatever reason, I think we'll talk to Melvin Ingram today, right, Herbie? So, you know, we'll ask him that question as far as why didn't you sign here? Um, was it your choice? Was it the team's choice? We asked Andy that yesterday. He sort of implied it was it was the player's choice, um, which obviously implies it's, it's finances, but Pittsburgh was able to meet the finances. So, um, you know, you've got a little bit of egg on your face when, when you could have had a guy without giving up a draft pick and, and now you give up one. Um, but I also think it's it's commendable that the front office says we don't care about that aspect. This is just a move that makes us better. Yeah, and to Sam's point, that's my understanding as well. When he came out here in March, uh, you know, the Chiefs did make an offer, but the problem was, you know, Melvin Ingram was one of the highly touted free agent pass rushers on the market. So he wanted to test the market. And that, that's essentially what it boiled down to. As Sam points out, it was probably finances. And we'll find out for sure on uh, later th- today. Yeah, I'm glad we're going to hear from him. Um, but this seems to, this signing seems, or trade, ac- this acquisition, uh, the Chiefs seem to have bigger plans for Melvin Ingram than say they had Terrell Suggs in 2019, right? Uh, Suggs was a, more of a complimentary piece, and uh, Ingram could end up starting for the Chiefs, even though he only started one game for the Steelers. Uh, he did play more than half of the defensive snaps. I guess he was part of the rotation there. I haven't studied exactly what he did in Pittsburgh. Had the one sack 
Uh, but as, as Sam McDowell said, you know, was right in line with his career pressure rate. Um, uh, he gets doesn't he get thrown right into a, a, a defensive end rotation? Yeah, I think so, Blair. I mean, um, Pittsburgh's got T.J. Watt, so you know yeah. T.J. Watt's going to get up a lot of snaps on one defensive end. The Chiefs don't have a guy like that, so there's more snaps to be had for a rotation. Uh, the Chiefs are also, you know, Brendan Daly, the, the defensive line coach. That's that's one of his. Um, attributes is, is he rotates even his best players out of the game pretty frequently. I mean, he likes to keep his defensive line fresh, so they use all the bodies. And so I, I think the type of snaps you're seeing Alex Okafor get are, are probably what you're going to see Melvin Ingram get. And Alex Okafor has been getting a lot of snaps. And I think the other reason why Matthew might have said, you know, he, when he kind of hinted that, you know, it'll probably take him another week. You got to remember, we're talking about a, a player here who has played predominantly in the three, four base his entire career. That's what they did in, in LA and or excuse me, with the chargers. And that's what they play in Pittsburgh. So, you know, he's going to have to acclimate to the four, three base. Uh, of course, we, when we say base, that, that's only like maybe the first two or three plays of a game because so many personnel packages, you know, you're, you're going to see a lot of three, four. So he's going to have to acclimate to what the chiefs want to do. So Cody asks uh, Bolton and Gay, the new Johnson and Houston, referring to Derek Johnson and, and Justin Houston. Uh, well, I don't. I mean, in terms of having an impact on the defense in their prime, Derek Johnson and Justin Houston were, you know, they're going to they're going to be in the Ring of Honor someday or the Hall of Chiefs Hall of Fame. Um, we'll we'll see about Bolton and Gay, but they certainly have played well, and the Chiefs are getting from them what they had hoped when, when they drafted both of those players in the second round in the previous two years. Um, okay. Hey, so let, let's kind of stick with a de- defensive theme before we talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Ha- has anybody's feelings changed about the, the, the chiefs uh, in their performance on Monday night? I know that when we, when we chatted right after the game, we were reacting to what we just had just seen and, it was a little bit, you know, underwhelming to, to say the least. Um, you know, they, 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 they get by, they, they have two second half field goals to get by a team with one of the worst records in the NFL at home. But I think, Melly, I think I've heard you mention it here. The defense did play well uh, in, in that game. And maybe there's something to, to build on for, from, you know, for, from a, a, a game. Listen, if they had lost, I, we would be having an entirely different conversation then and and now for sure, and we'd be spinning it much much more toward twenty twenty two than than uh, than we are now. So, have have your feelings softened a little bit about uh, about how that game played out? They have, actually. Um, I didn't expect this. But I, I had kind of a – I'm not trying to give away the column. I hope everybody obviously clicks and sends me cash um, because it's so good. But uh, I, I begin this as like sort of a, just a thought experiment of like what does optimism for the rest of the season look like with the Chiefs. And I don't know if I just like talk myself into it, but I feel like the defense has a track record with Spagnuolo of, of getting better this time of year. And they appear to be getting better. And on offense – I know I'm oversimplifying, but on offense, it really, the quarterback just has to play well. The quarterback has to have some discipline and some patience and be okay getting eight yards, you know, instead of trying to get 80 um, on a specific snap. And 
if that's the concern, you know, if, if, if a lot of what ails the chiefs is, a you know, the defense obviously, but it is getting better and the quarterback, I don't know. That seems pretty fixable. You know, like I, I'm going to go ahead and get out on a limb and trust Patrick Mahomes that, that he'll get, that he'll be a good player. Now look like if, if Jordan love goes to three fifty and four touchdowns on Sunday, uh, all bets are off, you know? And, and if Mahomes does another one of these, like on first down, like YOLO throws downfield, then, you know, all bets are off. Um, the, the number one seed is not going to happen. Um, but you, you know, you, if you look at the schedule, I mean, there's a way that they can get in. And even if it's as the five, six, seven seed, um, if they get in the playoffs, they're, they're going to be a problem for somebody. And I just, I, if I had to bet, who knows, but if I had to bet, I think that's where this thing is going to, is headed. Well, Hey, you're always the big pessimist here. You're, you're just, just kidding. What do you think? It's funny, Sam said thought experiment. Cause I've been, uh, my thought experiment has been about, um, how luck says a lot more about stuff than we really think of sometimes. And, you know, they've, they've been playing bad football with bad luck. And sometimes it's hard to tell where one begins and the other ends. Um, but I keep thinking about it's four or five, depending on how you interpret it. Half of Patrick Mahomes and interceptions went off of a chief. I keep thinking about Legereus need falling down when there's a pick six to be had. I keep thinking about how they've had luck that went their way in the past, whether it was, you know, a fake, a poorly, uh, poorly considered a fake punt call by the Houston Texans in the, uh, in the playoffs or what, you know, you name it, but it makes me realize that if they just, this is the, to me, a hinge that this can all still hang on for them. It, they're still largely the same group. And if, if, if they do trust the culture and they can just play more, characteristically of what we've seen in the past or AKA as Sam put it, if the quarterback just is who he is, you know, I think things can turn. And I do think this about the defense that it, look, they've shown enough glimmers the last couple of weeks that you can, you can, you can at least tell yourself they might have some traction. Um, and again, all bets are off when Jordan love goes for three fifty. but, but still, I, I think there's, there's, I came out of that game feeling like that was the worst win I, I I remember sort of absorbing by a, a Chiefs team. It didn't even feel like a win. When you said, Blair, at the start of the podcast, let's talk about the Chiefs win, I was like, what? Oh, yeah, they did win. <laughs> um, but that said, they, they did win. And um, really, one one win against a team like the Packers could flip flip the way we feel about all this. Yeah, and uh... – something happened to the Packers this week that increased the chances of uh, the, the potential for a Chiefs victory. Uh, just a couple of thoughts, though. As Clyde asks, uh, do you think Mahomes is playing a bit hurt? Any any speculation there? Anything to anything to wonder about? He certainly has been uh, hit uh, more, seem, seemingly hit more often the uh, first half of this season than I can remember during a stretch. Is there anything, is that a possibility? I don't think so because, you know, by rule, the NFL is supposed to list injuries. Now, granted, some teams don't, you know, they'll probably try to skirt that, but Mahomes hasn't been on the injury list over the last couple of weeks. Uh, he's practicing fully, so, and he's talking to the media. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's an issue there at all. 
I also would just say I don't see it in his play either. Um, I mean, he seems agile. Now, we, we can talk about, like, maybe he's making the wrong moves out of the pocket, right? But just physically, um, the way he moves, he seems good. Um, you know, he didn't have momentum in his body, and he flicked that one 60-some yards downfield to Tyreek, the incomplete pass, um, on Monday night. There was an absolute missile that he threw in Nashville two weeks ago um, that, that showed a lot of velocity. I'd, he seems physically fine, um, just his play, but, you know, that's my – as Vahe – Likes to joke. That's my my Twitter medical degree coming out. You know what? I'll tell you this. There's, there's a lot of velocity on that interception that he was trying to throw to Josh Gordon. Just just kind of sailed a little. I think this stems from Blair. There was a, a play where he rolls out of the pocket, and as he's coming to the sideline, he, he sort of jumps a, a little bit. That looks like he's favoring one of his his legs. And so, especially since he had that offseason toe surgery, I think there was just some speculation that it perhaps deals with that. Um, Patrick Mahomes was asked yesterday if he feels any effects at all from that surgery. And he said, no, that he feels completely healthy. Um, so I, I, I just assume that's where that question's coming from. And it was asked yesterday. By the way, quick question about the injury report. You guys remind me, didn't Tyron say after was it the Washington game that he had a, a broken finger or something worse? That's never shown up on an injury report. It just showed up in Tyron's statement. It showed up the following week. Oh, it did? Yeah, yeah I bad. Yeah. It didn't show up when he had it, and it sounded like he had a – Well, he did it during the game. So. Okay. Yeah, not only that, he came out in practice wearing a, a heavy brace on his right thumb. So, yeah, and then he showed up on the injury report with it. As Emily Latella would say, never mind. <laughs> And only you and I would remember who Emily Latello was. But, uh. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. David reminds us that Daniel Jones had a perfect passer rating throwing Sorensen's way and somehow saw his snaps increase. That is my worry. Um, yeah, look, Daniel Sorensen, um, yeah, they just had a bit, you know, we had a Daniel Sorensen game. I will say this on the long, uh, on the long early pass, the first good thing that happened to the Giants offense on Monday night, Daniel Jones had no pressure on that throw. I mean, if, if I think the chiefs had been able to get a little bit of pressure on Daniel Jones, then we wouldn't have seen, 
uh, Daniel Sorensen getting uh, burned on on that on that what turned out to be a fifty yard completion that would have been pass interference if I forgot who caught it if it hadn't been caught. So, uh, but but you're right. It's you know, there's no hiding it. Daniel Sorensen's just having a tough year, and and I've heard every Melly Sam. I've heard uh, everybody mention it. This is um, you know it, it's 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 kind of not Daniel Sorensen's fault. He's playing as much as he is. The the Chiefs don't don't have options there. So um, uh, he, he's not a guy that should get uh, uh, the, the snaps he was getting in the first half of the season. And he's getting less, but still, uh, look, he's a terrific special teams player. And that's where uh, that, that's where he should be. So, yeah, Blair, we got I there was like a, a tweet sent at me and a few reporters that got a ton of likes about, hey, you guys need to ask. Steve Spagnola, why he's playing Daniel Sorensen. And like, we have asked that question a thousand times as far as what are you getting out of Daniel Sorensen? Um, so I, I guess I just want to say this, just because you don't like the answer doesn't mean the question hasn't been asked. And I realize I'm sort of replying to one person, but the answer has constantly been that, you know, he, he's a guy that knows the system, knows where he's supposed to be. He can play multiple spots, kind of that hybrid linebacker, defensive back spot. Um, the problem is he's proven this year that he's, I think he's, he's already a guy who wasn't fast and he's lost a step. And so even if he knows where he's supposed to be, he's sort of pointing to it five or six yards away, um, because he's just not fast enough to get there. But not only is, is, is playing him indicative of what you said, Blair, the other options on the depth chart, but he was isolated one-on-one. 45 yards down the field and there should no there should never be a play that's called that isolates Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs perspective um, where he's he's one-on-one deep with a wide receiver like that and that goes to my point earlier you guys missed a joke but uh, you know like the Packers yesterday were asked about the Chiefs we caught the joke they you know they, they got a great defense and as he's going through the list of uh, players he doesn't mention Chris Jones he doesn't mention Matthew he mentioned Sorensen. So, you know, if we're noticing all these errors, other teams are starting to notice it as well. Oh, they're not starting. I mean, they're, they're well into <laughs> they're well into that scouting report. Um, well, uh, Sorensen and every other Chiefs defender will not have to deal with Aaron Rodgers on uh, on Sunday, what a what a bombshell uh, yesterday to hear about that. Uh, for I'll, I'll share a couple thoughts, and I want to get your guys' opinion. The first is, what's it going to take for Patrick Mahomes to square up against Aaron Rodgers? It didn't happen in 2019 because of Mahomes' knee injury. It was the dislocated kneecap that he suffered a week earlier at Denver, and the Packers were the first game uh, after that, and of course the uh, Matt Moore was the quarterback, and she's played well in that game, but lost. Aaron Rodgers was spectacular that night; it was uh, just just fantastic. I think three touchdown passes, um, no picks. He was completing passes, falling backwards. He was just he was just terrific. And um, and then, gosh, I remember Sam and Vahe. I remember you were there a rainy night on Monday in in Green Bay a few years ago. Aaron Rodgers beat Alex Smith and. And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe the only loss that Aaron Rodgers has to the to the Chiefs came in the the, the game in 2011 that that basically it was Kyle Orton was the Chiefs quarterback 
and Romeo Cronell was the interim coach, and the Chiefs somehow beat, were they undefeated, the undefeated Packers? Yeah, they were 14-0 or 13-0, something. They broke the Packers. That was, I think that was the year after the Packers had won the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. And they're you know, they're going to win the next 100 Super Bowls with this team because it was all young guys. That whole roster was like 23 to 27 years old, and they <laughs> Chiefs broke them, man. They haven't been the same since. You can make the case that that was the game that got Andy Reid to Kansas City because they gave Romeo the job because of that game. And, you know, it was and then 2012 happened and we know what a nightmare that season was. And they fired Romeo and Andy Reid shows up in the 2013 season. So, um, all right, Jordan Love is the guy. And what's uh, Sam McDowell? I know you love the I know you love point spreads and, and odds and everything where you. <laughs> that was quite a jump that the uh, that the the line took when that news came out because it uh, the the betting line was absolutely trending toward the Green Bay Packers. Chiefs had opened up as a three point favorite, and after the Monday night game, it was down to pick them. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one player have a full touchdown um, effect on the line. Um, you know, the, the the Chiefs say nothing changes. With uh, with Aaron Rodgers to uh, to Jordan Love, just just the same guy back there. Um, there actually is a little bit of truth to that, which is the Packers don't have enough time to revamp their offense around Jordan Love in four days. I mean, they find out Wednesday that their quarterback's not going to play. They're coming to Kansas City. They're going to be traveling on Saturday. So really, that's three days of install for Jordan Love. So he's going to have to run the stuff that Aaron Rodgers is running, at least from the, the same playbook. What, what plays they call could change. So the Chiefs now have to figure out what does this guy prefer to do on those plays. Um, and so that's what Tyron Matthew was talking about as far as, you know, does he like to take his first read and throw it right away? Does he like to take some time in the pocket and, you know, allow himself to, to find the deep shot? And he's only thrown seven NFL passes. So the answers to those are not coming from regular season film. They're having to watch him in the preseason um, and potentially even watching a little bit of his college tape to see his own preferences. But, uh, I mean, of course, it's a gigantic break for the Chiefs when one of the very – I mean, the reigning MVP is not going to be playing on Sunday. Yeah, we're reminded that um, uh, we could see uh, Mahomes and Rodgers twice starting next year if he ends up with the Broncos. Um, which was the certainly the rumor uh, in, in, during the offseason. Uh, Brian says, uh, I think the Packers will call more quarterback runs with Love. I absolutely think that's uh, – whether they call it or not, I think we're going to see Love run the ball quite a bit when he doesn't, you know, his, doesn't get his first or second option. I think he tucks it and runs. And, of course, you know, the Packers have a good running game with, with Aaron Jones. I, I, I just think we're not going to see Jordan Love fling it 30, 30 – times on on sunday and it will try to um you know shorten the game and and keep che- the you know, patrick mahomes and the chiefs off off the field i will say blair jordan love was not a big runner in college um, right his last year i don't even think he ran for a single touchdown i think he had like a couple hundred yards um i, I think didn't he come out after his junior year so i'm i'm, I'm blanking on whether that was his junior or senior year um, but I think he only had like 200 yards and zero touchdowns. So he is more of a guy that, that prefers to stay in the pocket. Now, one of the reasons the Packers like them is he showed an ability to make some of that off script, off platform stuff. So 
you know, I, I guess I would say he, he's he's more of a guy that that does his running behind the line of scrimmage as opposed to a guy that should beat you um, with getting 50, 60 yards. However, he's playing against a Chiefs defense that, that certainly is susceptible to, to giving up some yards to the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's look like they there's no question they, they caught one of the biggest breaks that any NFL team will catch this season. But <clears throat> Packers still have Devontae Adams. They still have Tunyon. Uh, tight ends are a problem for this defense. Aaron Jones is ridiculous. Uh, and they also use him out of the backfield in, in the past game. So, um, look, I mean, it's it's a huge break, but, you know, the <laughs> Packers still have a path. Yeah, I'd say they have a path. Um, I, you know, I, I think we've come to not trust the Chiefs over here at any time this season, really. You just you can't trust them. When they play – as well as they did offensively in Philadelphia or have a second half as they did in Washington, you think, okay, you know, that's, that, those are the familiar chiefs, but they're, they're just ha- hasn't, has not been enough of that for, for this team. And Blair, that's, that's why I'm pessimistic about this team. And I know the defense has shown some strides, but two of the last three games where they showed those defensive strides were against the hapless Washington football team and the Giants team that didn't have Saquon Barkley or Kenny Galladay. So, you know, they caught a break Monday night against a shorthanded uh, Giants team, and they almost lost that game. You know, the, the, the Giants could have won that game. Now, Jordan Love is, is obviously a quarterback, so that's a different animal, but the Packers are still, like like Melly pointed out, they're still loaded. And they're the hottest team in football, right? After that opening game loss to the Saints, they've won seven in a row, beat the Cardinals after, you know, Card- the last undefeated team in the NFL. And um, David asked about Adams uh, on the uh, protocol list. I think the Packers are going to find out today and are expecting Devontae Adams to be off the, off the list and be ready to go on Sunday. So, uh, hey, bef- I'm going to wrap it up, but before we do, hey, Va- hey, I wanted to ask that the, 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 the uh, Melvin Ingram move wasn't the only one the Chiefs made this week. They traded uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif to the New York Jets and got back a uh, tight end. I have to I have to write his name down because I can't. Daniel Brown, uh, m- mostly a special teams guy, uh, reserve tight end. But um, the Chiefs did farewell to a player who – meant a lot to this organization, both on and off the field. You know, as we think about uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, we think about uh, him for what he did off the field. I forgot about Daniel Brown writing the Da Vinci Code um, before turning into an NFL player. (laughs) Um, No, seriously, though, you know, really, and I think uh, we can all probably remember this, the the moment um, John Dorsey was telling us about a very interesting fella uh, in Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, and he is maybe uh, the most interesting man in the world. I mean, it, it, it's amazing what he's what he's done, um, and you know, delivering. He's in the process of delivering twins on draft day, the biggest day of his life. And at that time, I mean, so. But then taking it to another dimension, I mean, I thought he was kind of a curiosity, maybe even an experiment in some ways, coming out of McGill, not, not, not you know, pretty raw when he got here, but, you know, credit to Dorsey for, for seeing that in him, Dorsey and the scouts and credit to Andy Reid for wanting to work with a guy who also wanted to be a doctor. And lo and behold, he's a, a key part, or at least a, a, a fundamental part of a Super Bowl winning team. And, 
and and yet really maybe his greatest deed is in what he did last year, taking uh, the season opting out to help fight the battle against COVID. Um, and he stated it so eloquently a number of times. Uh, just just really cool that that he'll always be associated with the Chiefs that way. I think he was a bit of a fan favorite, which is kind of cool too. I think they appreciated him for more than just football. I'll never forget uh, talking to him at the Super Bowl. Uh, so this would have been what uh, the Super Bowl that year, I think, was on February 3rd. So this would have been the last, maybe the last day in January. And so think about that, the last day in January. Um, and all, you know, we're hearing about these reports uh, about uh, a flu or something in China that, that's spreading. But we're all, you know, we're all gathered in the Super Bowl ballroom talking to players and um, and, and we're not, we don't hear much about it, but Laurent, uh, is asked about it by another reporter and he expressed a lot of concern about what he was hearing about the virus in, in China. And so, you know, a month and a half before everything shut down, Laurent Duvernay Tardif was, uh, you know, because of who he is and what he, what he's, you know, what, what, what his background is, was kind of all over that story. <laughs> when we were, I, I think it's serious. I think was a part of how he put it, and uh, yeah, that that kind of is amazing too. And 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 uh, I don't know. I, I, I it, it. This is a side point, but I think we discovered later. I, I certainly saw reports later that the virus was in Miami. Uh, it, it was traceable there, even when we were there without knowing it. Uh, so. I don't know how the world has changed since then is amazing. There's, there's no um, smooth segue here from that. <laughs> so apologies up front, but um, one of my favorite, like he, he was always great to talk to, um, you know, in the locker room, just obviously a smart guy, but just expansive on some things. If you ask the right question. And one of my favorite moments was uh, in Denver when the quarterback's knee went sideways and and Larry was right there, you know, as a player. And so you want to talk to him about what he saw and all that stuff. And then I remember just like ready to walk away. And I was like, you know what? When am I ever going to get this chance? Right. And so you go back like, what do you know about this injury, doctor? <laughs> and, and, and his diagnosis, he said, like that specific tendon, there's a lot of tension there. So the number one thing is how quickly that knee gets put in place. And if you remember, and I forgot the guy's name now, but he was a hero uh, in Kansas City. But the, the doctor that came on, it wasn't Rick, but it was it was somebody else, uh, you know, and they put the knee back in place like within 30 seconds. I mean, it was it was really fast. And he says, that's that's the number one thing. I was like, OK, <laughs> you know, like, trust my source. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll always be indebted to him for some restaurant recommendations in Montreal since I, I get up there uh, a couple of times a year. Can I just say one of my favorite memories of him is is bumping into him in long term parking at KCI and just chatting with him out there. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm I, I'm in long term parking, but what are you doing here? <laughs> he was going home for like three days. Riding the blue bus. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and let's end it on this. This is a nice uh, also a very nice note. Uh, Tommy Sparks uh, says uh, this is to Herbie. Love the tribute to Therese. That was Herbie took a picture of the plaque that is that was new up at the uh, in the Chiefs press box and tweeted it out. So if 
if you haven't seen it, go to Herbie's Twitter account and, and go back a few days and, and look at the tribute that the Chiefs uh, uh, issued for, for Therese Paler, our, our former colleague and friend that Herbie, uh, Herbie made sure everybody got to see. His father actually called me um, the other day and he mentioned uh, that that was his birthday. So Monday was Therese's father's birthday and he mentioned that uh, that was the best birthday present he had ever seen. So kudos to the Chiefs for doing that. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Hey, great catching up with you guys. Herbie, Sam, Vahe, and Sam. And, of course, to uh, Beth Welsh, our producer. Uh, love talking to you. And, Herbie, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we're moving back to Friday next week. Uh, Chief, Chiefs testing is on Thursday, so we go back to Friday. Join us again after the game on um, probably around 8.30 or so on Sunday, and then we move back to our usual Friday mornings at 9.30. So until then, we'll talk to you later. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger for stopping by and talking Chiefs. Links to stories about the Chiefs can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. So let's talk about the morning sports edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, you go to the Stars E edition. That's a replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. You click on that and you can access tons of pages about sports. Hey, you might also get a link in your email. I do, and it's there by about 6 a.m. every morning. However you see it, you know what I'm talking about. It is complete coverage of the previous day's sports news, feature statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we cannot produce programs like Sports Beat KC without you. We'll be back on Friday talking about the college football weekend. Hope you'll join us. Mm-hmm.